carve out your revenue streams. Those aren't going to just appear by itself. Like you need to, all right, these are the revenue streams that I have that I'm going to build over time in my business and 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 then scale them, right? It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with Rebecca Bakken. Rebecca is a digital marketing nomad who started in the tech startup industry as a consultant helping over 250 startups with their software. And since then, she's transitioned to helping musicians and artists to promote their music and build a sustainable business. So today, I'm super excited to talk about some things that I, I personally like to geek out about uh, a lot with like technology in the future with like building a CRM and automated chatbots and viral campaigns and NFTs and things that it's rare that I get to talk with someone about. So uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for, for being here and, and taking the time to, to share some of the lessons that you've learned. No, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So to start out with, for everyone that's, that's here right now who maybe this is their first time meeting you, could you just share a little bit of background about how you got started and kind of that transition process of becoming really a, a guide and a coach for musicians transitioning from the, the software industry? Yeah, well, I mean, most of my, most of my, I mean, grown up life, <laughs> I was basically in the tech startup world, both, you know, as an entrepreneur starting my own businesses, but also after a few businesses, being started, started working as a consultant and then helping other startups with their, you know, starting basically. And ever since then, I've been, you know, coaching a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of uh, startups. And, you know, it. I started getting involved with event, event production, and I started having events at, you know, arenas where tech kind of merged into music. So that's kind of where I got you know, I start dipping my toes a little bit in the industry where I start, you know, creating events at South by Southwest, you know, where really tech and music comes together and also other conferences here in Europe as well, like BLUN, where really tech and music comes together. So, you know, that was really kind of my first introduction, but then I started, you know, the interest was there. So I started working more consultant within music tech, start helping music tech companies with their marketing launches. And, um, you know, my expertise is really, you know, marketing and I, I love the internet, you know, I'm a huge internet geek, I've, you know, been ever since I was, you know, since the internet came basically, I mean, to Norway, basically, which is where I'm from. So you know, I came to the point where I had working as a consultant for a while, I was quite successful. And I was quite good in, in my skill set. And I was kind of, you know, taking the rounds to my like, what do I really want to do? What do I really want to use my skill set and also deploy like, if I could choose anywhere. And it came to the music industry, and it came to kind of what I looked at as a very exciting industry, but also very broken, where I see huge potential with tech. And also the fact that, you know, with marketing, you know, marketing itself is what does marketing do? It, it drives change, right? And what does really music do? It's the same. So for me, it's like, you know, applying superpowers on superpowers. <laughs> and yeah, that's a few years ago, I made that decision. And then, you know, 
stopped all my consultancy and my tech and I start focusing solely on the music industry and I've loved it ever since. That's so awesome. Yeah, I feel like that's such a, a beautiful leverage point where tech meets meets music and, and so needed, like you said, for, for the music industry, which is maybe sort of lagging behind in a lot of respects compared to the software industry and the tech industry right now. So, yeah, I know that since making this transition, you've been working with a lot of musicians personally, and you've probably started to see a lot of the similar similar challenges, similar mistakes, patterns, things that keep coming up. So I, I'm wondering, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges or mistakes that you see artists struggling with when they, when they first come to you when it comes to growing their fan base? Well, I mean, usually when they come to me, they have their track ready, or at least they know they need to launch it to the world. You know, someone needs to listen to it, right? So... You know, that's where kind of my job starts is is when it's going to be introduced to people and specifically online. And my expertise is really to help grow a fan base online as well and utilize the different tools and social medias to do that. You know, because I work with every anything from, you know, the, the musicians starting off, 16-year-old just starting off to you know, really successful musicians that are touring already that are making a, you know, great living off of this. So, you know, they're all struggling with that promotion part, man. <laughs> they hate it, everyone. <laughs> it's like, you know, I hate promoting myself. It's just that struggle. It doesn't matter if they're small or big, that's their biggest problem. Mm. That, that is it's so, so powerful. You just shared it. I think that it's something that musicians especially struggle with, but I think it's something that all of us struggle with to a certain extent is like, how do we promote ourselves in a way that doesn't, you know, that's not shallow or that's like disingenuous or inauthentic. We don't want to come across as salesy or, or like we're trying to convince, like we, we just want to be authentic, but it's so important to, to figure out how do we promote, how do we, you know, really shine the best light and how do we reach new people? So that being said, what are some of the, what are some of the biggest opportunities that, that you see artists right now when it comes to that specific challenge? Um, obviously this is it's, it's really like the core driver that's always been the question, right? Like in, in, in the past, it was like record labels. That was the way. It's like you have a record label. It does all the distribution for you. But nowadays where, you know, everything is on the Internet and, and artists have the capability to really reach out directly to their fans, what are some of the things that you see getting the best results right now? Well, you know, there's, it depends on where you are in the funnel with the marketing and whether you want to just grow it and build awareness, or if you want to cultivate a community around you. So there's two different areas to that. If you really want to get a lot of awareness to your music, to your brand, as you as an artist right now, the place to be is TikTok. That is where you get the most organic reach. That is where you get the most, you know, engagement and you get you know a, a lot back for the return that you spend on your content however it's not necessarily the place to be to you know hang out with your fans and really kind of get that deeper connection so you know you might then want to move over to some streaming platforms or discord or somewhere where you can kind of connect with them on a deeper level where you can you know gather all of your fans and and talk to them directly basically really into discord these days there's a huge opportunity there to kind of you know because I, I was reading uh, i was actually reading tim ferris this weekend uh, last weekend and uh, you know he was talking about the zero to thousand and all you need is a thousand right so if you start kind of cultivating that one after one for sure yeah i think discord's a really exciting opportunity right now just in terms of 
traditionally they they were really focused on gamers and kind of this this specific niche. But it seems like right now a lot of their branding they're really trying to rebrand, become more of like a community platform. And I think that they're probably like they'd be really excited about partnering up with musicians. And it's just a great place to like you said to take the next step and towards building relationships with those people. So let's break down both of those. Let's start with it sounds like what you're what you're saying is that really there's a few different. Um, stages that that come with building an audience. One, the first really important step is just awareness in general. Like, how do you actually find new people? How do you get yourself in front of them? How do you get the exposure? And then the next step is really about connecting with those people and building a deeper relationship. And once they once they start, so the three questions that come to mind, and we can kind of take these one, one by one. But one is just like, how do you recommend with stage one really like the best way to leverage? It sounds like TikTok's a great opportunity. So leveraging TikTok for musicians, and then from there, it would be great to talk about kind of that transition. Like, how do they how do they take people from TikTok to actually like joining a Discord community and building a relationship there? Yeah. So let's start with the the TikTok part. So what are some of the best strategies that you've seen working for musicians on TikTok right now? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways of working with TikTok as a musician, right? There's one, building a fan base and actually creating content. And it's two, actually growing a track. You know, you don't really need to be present on TikTok to do that because you can grow a track like what record labels are doing through influencers. You know, if if you want awareness, then I would really recommend actually building a brand there where you actually then start creating content. Because the, I mean, I think the, the last statistics that I saw, I think about they have a little under uh, the same. I think uh, Instagram has about 1 billion monthly active users. Well, TikTok is slowly getting there, man. They're right they're right below. But only 55% of the users on TikTok actually are creating content, which means that a lot of them are absorbing content. So it's a big opp- it's an opportunity. It's for awareness here, right? So if you create content, you'll be one of the fewer content creators because there's more on Instagram and other platforms, right? Hmm. And... I would really, you know, TikTok is, it, it's, it, it, you know, especially if you go there for the first time, it, it really is an, another beast. You know, you really have to kind of really talk the TikTok language and you have to learn it. And, and, and you know, you can try to put videos and try to, you know, create them for TikTok and repurpose them, but it just doesn't work that way. So you kind of have to join TikTok and speak the language and, 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 and join the community really. But if you do and find your format here, because on TikTok, there's like, there's so many different communities there, but you just have to find them. And if you can get your content in front of them, you have a potential really start, you know, easily getting your music in front of people, right? And I mean, it's just funny. I was just, because I was just breaking down Lil Nas X, the content strategy for his the Montero, call me by my name. And it's just, that's the how you use TikTok when you're as an artist. It's just that's textbook. He's so good at what he's doing, and it works. You know, he's that song is eight week, eighteen weeks on the charts right now, and if you go through his TikTok, you see his. It's just great what he does. Mm. Um, that I don't know if that answered TikTok. <laughs> I can go. I can go. You know, hours about you know how to use it, but. You know. It's it's super interesting. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you just said there. That I think it would be worth like point, pointing out. Like when you talked about how the opportunity in part is because there's more real estate in TikTok right now because there's there's a lot of people actively using it, but not necessarily as many content creators, which really creates this opening and creates this space for for awareness to happen. I think is really like an interesting um, point. And one one follow up question, just based on what you just shared. 
is you know Lil Nas. It sounds like you you've done you just got refresh off of doing like a yeah. breakdown of, of his strategies. So I'd yeah. love to just hear some of your biggest takeaways. Like what, what are some of the you know is are there like is there a good framework to this or like what what are some of the takeaways that you would rec- that you would share based on how he's successfully using TikTok. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, it, it all comes back to the value of the track, right? So when you set up a marketing plan for your track, you have to start with the track and the messaging that you're trying to, you know, give with the track. If you're very clear on, you know, the messaging, you translate that also into the music video, which was geniusly done here because he used the music video to, you know, give additional value and brought you know a personal story into a much bigger debate that people can kind of tune into that people had opinions about mm. where he just kind of displayed his you know view on it basically wow. that got so it's it, you know and then the key to really being good at social media is to just translate that into social media and continue the discussion there which he did on Twitter and TikTok. And of course, then he's, he opened up for other people to share, you know, their experience as living in the closet or whatever through these trends that was created to the track. So then the community and his fans and, and the TikTok also started then, you know, sharing their part of the story. So it all became kind of a, you know, it's really important what's happening, you know, in, in with Lil Nas X actually. So. It's just really well done, but it starts with kind of having a clear message and really, you know, work through that and then trying, okay, how can we put that message out in social media format, whether that's just a tweet or if it's, you know, how can we continue this every day where you're continuing the conversation, but then, you know, indirectly kind of promoting the track, you know? Mm. And he also, he also did these, you know, he likes to do these fake news kind of where he goes a little bit to the extreme, which is so, you know, it's just great. You know, the marketing strategies that he's using, it works, you know, he, he likes to, you know, push buttons. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Awesome. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that really like at the root of it is being very intentional with the message and having clarity on the message behind the song, you know, so it, it kind of all starts with that foundation and even deeper than that, probably like as an artist, right? Like kind of having yeah. the overall like your core of, of who you are. So it sounds like really the core is starting with a message worth sharing essentially and have in something specifically that in his case was sort of a controversial thing or truly really, it sounds like a message that has deeper cultural meaning, you know, that kind of that a lot of people could engage with that there's a discussion happening on a, on a bigger scale. Which is really interesting. If you don't mind sharing, like, what, what is that message that that just for an example, like, what what is the message that is kind of controversial that they're talking about? Well, it, it's it's kind of the beginning of the music video. You get the message. It's like, you know, we all live with secrets, and which we we choose probably to hide them and suppress them. And uh, you know, most people live their life just suppressing their darkest secrets. Well, you know, welcome to this world of Montero, where, you know, you can just be who you be and embrace who you are. And, you know, whether that is the, the underworld, which he's displaying, but, you know, he's totally seducing and taking control over the underworld and then becoming the ruler of the underworld. So it's, it's just, it's a deep message, you know, it's, and, and it, it's, it's, I think he had like 10 months to, to, 
really set up a promotion plan for this track and it, it shows you know it, it, to the details like he created a twerk game for it he created a Montero tons of small tools that he'd like drop to his fans continuously he did these marketing stunts where you know oh my my label took my phone help me with that like he's he's genius when it comes to his marketing interesting okay so so the overall theme was really about and this and this is the part that kind of plugged in with the community discussion was was really around people being able to share like secrets or they're sharing those dark things that that they felt maybe scared to share that are a piece of who they are is that what you're describing like that's kind of the, well, the what what this translated let's say what this translated into tiktok is that you know it gave they created a re like remix, uh, like a, another uh, version of the track where you just, because I'm sure you've seen the poll, which is basically all the music, but it, it goes from heaven to hell, right? So they use this concept of pole dancing in the hell. So then all any TikToker could then go, you know, come away to heaven, they're meeting God and display that conversation with God, hiding that they're gay. But then when the pole song, like that, sound comes where it's just like call me by your name and then it's and then they're like the gayness you know the secret comes out no matter what you know and then it's straight to hell with you <laughs> it's just like that's the TikTok. it is just it's so many participated and shared their you know <laughs> their conversation with god and <laughs> whether it's like oh, i'd rather watch you hang out there he's twerking on satan or satan, <laughs> satan or if it's you know it's like <laughs> it was just you know he he created a conversation subject that a lot of people can share there, whether it's just a funny story or whether it's, you know, some, or whether whatever, you know, it, it, he created an arena for a lot of people. That's definitely, definitely interesting. Yeah. So it, it sounds like probably for anyone who's listening, watch this right now, the best thing would just be like, go check it out and kind of like, and see what we're describing. Like, I personally haven't I, seen it. Yeah, I actually broke because I'm writing. I'm gonna write a case study about this, where I broke down. This is what he did be pre, you know, before release. This is type of content. This is what his pre-save looked like. This is what happened on release day. This is what happened after. This is how he grew it on every. Because that's just how I love doing that. It's like dissecting it, you know, <laughs> re-engineering it. Cool. That's awesome. So let's yeah. we'll definitely throw a link for that in the show notes. So and that sounds super, super helpful. Thank you for breaking that down. And, and I'm sure that in the way that you do it, it's like you really adapt it for, you know, for musicians who yeah. want to learn how to how to leverage it for their own careers. And it's, it's also just an interesting sort of like, here's one, maybe this is like an internal objection or, or what it is, but I, I'd love to to hear your thoughts on one challenge that I, I personally have sometimes is with things like like TikTok, for example. It's hard to know when something is just like a shiny object syndrome or something it's like a trend or it's something that doesn't really have that's not like really fully aligned with like my personal like like where I want to spend my time versus when it really is something that's worth like digging into. So TikTok is one of those things that I've sort of like personally, I've sort of struggled with. I'm like, eh, like my relationship with TikTok, like when I'm using it, I, I downloaded it, I started using it, became kind of unhealthy. Like I, I didn't really, it wasn't really adding a lot to my life personally, but also, you know, that's again, it's like a yin and yang. Like there's, there's so much opportunity, I think, to be able to, to use platforms like that to be able to build an audience. So I'm curious, like where, like how, what your perspective on that and how you, how you recommend aligning with these new opportunities, but doing it in a way that's really like connected with your higher purpose. Wow. That's a deep question. And so many answers I can start. Well, um, 
So when it comes to choosing your channels and, and choosing the right channels for you, you really need to always start with your audience and you need to have an understanding of who your audience are and, and not when I, I don't mean, you know, it's between 20 to 60 or, you know, I really mean who are your core audience, because if you understand your audience, you also know where they spend their time online. So it really kind of comes back to there. So if you know that your audience are spending their time on TikTok and you're not, that means that you're missing out because there you spend, you know, you want a piece of that time. So you really need to understand the behaviors of your, your audience and then kind of choose your channels based on that because you cannot be everywhere. The good thing with uh, TikTok now though is, I mean, especially with the younger generation, it is where they discover music, new music these days. If you ask anyone, you know, kids to teenagers even, most likely they've first heard a song on TikTok. So it's becoming very important for the first step of uh, the funnel of the awareness stage of the tracks. And, and, you know, I don't remember, you know, back when YouTube used to be like the place where like, it was like a hope back in the days when Justin Bieber was discovered, everyone was like, you know, it could be me, you know, cause it kind of happened, you know, you know, you heard it over and over. You really kind of get that feeling on TikTok now as a musician, but at the end of the day, like really understand who your audience are and where they spend your time and then allocate that time accordingly. Oh, what's up guys? So quick intermission from the podcast so I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're gonna walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's gonna allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's gonna be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I wanna mention is, you know, if you wanna do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually wanna hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. That's really good advice. Yeah, so, so it sounds like what you're saying is that for everyone who's listening to this right now or watching this, TikTok is a really awesome opportunity, but let's say that someone is listening and they're, I don't know, like a 50-year-old musician and they're looking to build an audience of people who are probably in their 40s or 50s. They may be on TikTok and it might be worth something exploring just for fun, but the most important thing is really figuring out where does your audience hang out and where do they spend their time online and aligning with that. And that really comes into, into account when you're choosing which channel you want to you wanna interact with. That being yeah. said... TikTok is a really big opportunity for multiple reasons. One, because there's a lot more real estate there. It's a newer, it's an uh, emerging, emerging platform. So you know you have a better, you have a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to just like being a creator and, and creating content for it. And it's also the place where for a younger generation they're really discovering new music. So if you're looking to you know to have fresh traffic, you know, if people discovering your music, then it's one of the best places to really kind of to 
invest your time in order to build an audience organically. Yeah, and and you know the short vertical video format it really is taking over, and it, I mean it's it's a challenge for those music videos, man. The traditional, so we're you know it, it, it the vertical for it's taking over. TikTok is leading the way of using that format now, so that's why I invest a lot of my time there because the content that I create for TikTok and that works for TikTok can easily be repurposed over to Instagram Reels and then YouTube Shorts and Pinterest Stories. So the time that I spend on the content because they are leading the way. They are usually ahead of the you know trends of the songs of the the you know. So if you're spending time there, you can easily then also push that over to your other channels. Mm, awesome. That's it's so interesting. I love, <laughs> I love talking about this stuff. One one idea that I just because we're talking about this this realm right now, I think it would be an interesting idea to discuss. Would be, I really feel like. Uh, have you heard of the the platform Clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah, Clubhouse is pretty cool. And I know that they're sort of in that that field right now where they're like an emerging platform too that's very trendy, especially for business circles or entrepreneurs. And basically the premise is that there's these different clubs where it's a virtual stage and it's completely audio, audio only. And there's a stage with maybe three to five speakers. Discord just released their own stages platform, which is essentially like doing the same thing. <laughs> it's like them yeah. wanting to create their own version of it. And this, there's something about this modality of sharing um, and connecting together that is, I think, really compelling. I think it's, I think it's the, the live nature of it, that there's these conversations, there's discussions that are happening in real time on these stages, and that there's also an ability to moderate and be able to kind of pull someone onto the stage that's in the crowd. So you really have this opportunity to have these discussions, like these meaningful discussions, you're able to kind of filter out so you can really make sure that it's, that it's aligned. So my thinking is that there's, this is probably a matter of when, not a matter of if, that there, sh that there will be a platform that, that comes up where it's essentially clubhouse or discord stages, but it's like, video communication the same idea but instead of audio it's just done via via video instagram is kind of doing it right with the with what they're rolling out what's it called you know where you can go five together with video on their live sessions and stuff awesome so basically <laughs> ideas not original all ideas are unoriginal yeah it's just how you um, launch it it's just how you roll them out man <laughs> that's that's cool though so so it's basically like the same thing as clubhouse but it's but it's done like with video so you can kind of have like a live like i'm also just imagining like a live event there is something about you know the present moment and being completely live and having discussions that is just it's it's powerful it's like the most connected way that I mean, we can like live streaming is the most effective format online because it is live and it's, it's direct and it, you know, I think Neil Patel said that he's projecting that live streaming is going to overtake, you know, content marketing in the future and is going to be the format. 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really think that there's this idea of the, the stages and like, and, but like, you know, bringing people on to the stages when it comes to live streaming is probably the most like it, it models or it represents 
a live event experience the best, right? Because usually at a live event, you know, you have a stage and usually there's a purpose. There's a higher purpose to a live event. Yeah. Like there's a reason everyone's congregating, coming together. Same thing with a show. It's like you're, there's people coming together for this this movement, for this cultural message. So I, yeah, I, th- I think that there really is something about that, that format of creating these stages that sounds like Instagram is already um, moving in that direction, but- Twitter is launching their version as well. I mean, this is like the, this, it's going to be a format like the the short vertical video format that everyone is going to launch now in their own ways so it's going to be kind of a way to do content in addition to everything else right wow. on these platforms <laughs> so. cool so i guess takeaway for for everyone that's like listening or watching this right now is like time to get really comfortable with live streaming and a uh, live performance, right? Because th- that is probably a realm that is going to become more. And I mean, I think that there's things that are happening with venues right now where they're like basically adapting to create better live streaming performance scenarios. So you can actually have intentional like events and, and live performances that'd be really cool to align with. Maybe look for like some local venues that you could connect with that are doing this. But just in general, I think that yeah, kind of plugging in with the with the ability to to go live and and like you were talking about at the beginning, like it, it all starts with that foundation of actually having something like a message, having something worth um, sharing and having a discussion, having a discussion. Cool. Yes. Yeah, I'm like rambling now. <laughs> it's just, just no, but it's it's the sim- like like one of the, my my fellow mus- musician friend. He's called Johnny Bean, and he's like he's created this huge community around Van, Van Halen and people that are obsessed with Van Halen. And he's a musician, so he just uses this arena where people because he knows that you know he has similar music, so he just created this arena where people can just nerd out about you know stuff they have in common but he also is using that for his for his own music as well obviously so it's it's really kind of you know finding that purpose but also really finding a format where it's not only necessarily about you but about you know su- you know subjects that you can kind of connect with others about you know and form a community mm. around mm. that's that's so good yeah i think there's really something to that idea that you just shared what the analogy that I use for it sometimes that it's sort of like Newton's laws of physics with like inertia where there's like this momentum or there's this energy that's happening. So with Van Halen, for example, it's like there's this inertia, there's momentum happening, there's people that are congregating around it, there's there's this energy, there's this cultural similarities between them. So, you know, plugging into that, it's going to be way easier to to really connect with those people as opposed to like it's completely starting somewhere else and having to re like direct or not even redirect, but just like initiate momentum where there's not already any momentum moving. Yeah. And I mean, I even saw Lil Nas X doing that in his content strategy where he frequently used like SpongeBob Squares, you know, what's it called? SpongeBob Squares, I can't. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. That's it. Go. Interview ends right now. Oh, <laughs> my, 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 my dialect sometimes just stops. It's just like, nope, you cannot say this word. I'm like, Squared no. word. <laughs> no, but I mean, and also he, he, um, he also shared like some Minecraft where like people were Minecrafting and then suddenly this pole and he appeared and it's just, you know, by attaching you to other culture, other interests that you know that your fans are interested in, you're kind of, you know, not really making about you either. Like you're, you're just kind of connecting on different, you know, areas that you're all having, in, in, you know, in common. Mm, that's smart. 
Yeah, one, one image that just came to mind as you were sharing that was almost like a brain with these neurons that kind of interconnect with other, you know, other streams. And so it sounds like really there's all these, this bunch of neurons that's built around Minecraft, for example. And so what he's doing is he's really like building this, this string that connects from that branch of neurons to, to his own branch with his music. I really love that thinking that <laughs> I can totally picture that. <laughs> Uh, we're is, totally geeking out together <laughs> awesome awesome so okay so let's let's zoom back a little bit and uh, go back to kind of that initial track that we're talking about so one we just talked a lot about you know awareness and about really kind of plugging in finding the neurons and, and finding a way to align with them and to really have a message worth worth sharing building a community around it but let's talk now about that second step we talked about a little bit about discord about community building about engagement so what are some ways that, I mean, Lil Nas could be an example, but also just in general, like how do people take that step from, okay, awesome, they got a great placement or they got an opportunity where the music's in front of a lot of people and there's some buzzing, there's some awareness, but how do they take that and turn it into an actual community and build a deeper relationship with those people? Well, you need, like you start with actually finding common interest areas. Like it, it, you don't have to be uh, small, but like big artists are doing this as well. Like go to Disclosure's Discord channel and you see his rooms are, one is uh, NFTs, one is about blockchain, one is about new technologies, one is about, you know, music producers. So he's basically just creating an umbrella under the Disclosure. Like if you go to Disclosure show, and you kind of look at the audience and you see who are these people and kind of what do they do and what are they like? And then he kind of created, you know, a structure for them to, to, to engage with each other for fan to fan interaction to happen for, you know, something more than just disclosure because yeah, they have disclosure in common, but they have so much more in common that is, you know, bigger than disclosure as well. So, you know, that's the formula, you know, start with something where you can contribute value, whether it's, you know, educational, whether it's that you're nerding about something or whether it's, you know, obsessed about Lil Nas X, I don't know, you know, it's just, you know, start with some and then, you know, grow it. And you can then say like, you know, I'm just going to create so many Lil Nas X memes and I'm just going to share it in my Discord group for everyone that's really interested in that, the rest, you know, but I'm just going to move those over. And then maybe you'll have a small community that's just obsessed about, you know, Lil Nas X memes. And then you'll start, well, you know, a lot of my fans, they're, you know, a lot of the ones that are in my circle, they're producers and, you know, they're maybe need, you know, help with that. I'm going to create a room on Discord for that and, you know, start engaging. So it's just gradually, organically building it. But then, you know, when you have them there, it's that direct communication. It's, it's that, you know, it really, if you create that umbrella, you then will see these fans people would interact with each other they will go there and hang out and you don't need to be there because you're giving value by just having this umbrella mm. Interesting. that's not happening on the tiktok comment you know section <laughs> <That's what> I... <laughs> right, right right so so it sounds like yeah, really the the key is like when it, when it comes to discord especially it's about creating nodes of passion or interest and ideally things that you're really aligned with that you're really interested in that that orbit around your music, that really a part of your your artist identity, the things that are aligned with your your deeper purpose with with the music, but you can really intentionally have these specific nodes that are good conversation starters, or good ways to kind of plug in with some of these other communities, the other things that that are spurring the discussion. 
And so just by having a community and really having an umbrella, a lot of the value that you can provide is through giving people a medium where they can connect with other people like them who are also passionate about those things. Exactly. And then you have a community and your music is right in the center of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> Okay, so um, easy peasy, right? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> Just go do it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it it, it it takes a lot of work. Building a fat, like I'll be on, like it is a lot of hard work. It is day every day, and it's growing one by one almost. But you know, if you're willing to do it, it you will get the return afterwards. But most musicians aren't willing to do that step. That's where the problem. You know, they're willing to create that music put their heart and soul into it. But when it comes to that last part, you know, after the song, you know, they just lose everything and they just, you know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that is really kind of where the rubber meets the road, right? And and also, I mean, I think that there's, maybe this is something we could speak to a little bit, is just sort of that initial vulnerability or that initial like kind of fragileness that comes from starting something new. And, you know, when you start out, there's we live in a society now in part because of social media that we look look around and we see all these successful people and we see like oh they have you know hundreds of thousands or millions of fans all these things that they're doing and so I think that sometimes when you're just starting out it can feel embarrassing or feel like you're not enough or like you're comparing yourself to some of these artists who have established fan bases so there is a certain like willingness to be raw and to be early on and to not to be ashamed of just like starting out and not having a giant audience yet to really just focus on the people like that that are there right now and building them like you're saying one one by one yeah just you know focusing on the one by one creating that deeper connection one by one basically you know if you do that one by one every day turns out you know eventually but it's quality over quantity like i'm so sick yeah. of getting 10,000 20,000 followers and to that and you know they're not going to give you anything unless you can convert those into actual fans mm. for sure yeah i, I think there's there's a, the formula i think is sort of like number number times depth of engagement right so it's like it's not like the number doesn't matter at all it's like it's great yeah like having a hundred thousand but like if none of those people cares at all or they're completely like unengaged then it means nothing but if you kind of multiply those together then you really have something worth measuring one question that comes up i think this is a good a good segue so let's say that someone has really done some of that initial work and they actually have a movement. Like they have a, they're connecting with like the music as part of something bigger and they actually do start to build this community and they have people having conversations around it and there's just kind of this buzz happening. How did they actually make it into a business that's sustainable? And how do they actually turn this engagement into like an income for them that supports the music that allows them to continue doing it? Well, you need to create, you know, revenue streams, right? I think we all know that streaming revenue you're not going to make a living off of streaming revenue and you know in any sustainable business you need you know seven or eight based revenue streams so you need to start creating those different revenue streams and that comes with maybe creating products that you can sell easiest is merch obviously but you know start thinking of digital products that you can sell as well it could be sound bags it could be vocal packs you know it could be different things that you create and then sell to your community. It could be NFTs. You know, it could be different partnerships that you set up uh, with brand partnerships and get you know revenue from there. Uh, like you need to actively 
carve out your revenue streams. Those aren't going to just appear by itself. Like you need to, all right, these are the revenue streams that I have that I'm going to build over time in my business and, and, and then scale them. Right. So it starts with really creating products around your music and not just the music itself. You know, it's music. You have live shows. If you do gigging, think of other products that you can do, whether it's a membership, you know, the, the guy that Johnny Bean, I was talking about, he has so many members that are paying him a monthly fee just to be part of his community. And he's making a living off of that. Right. So it's, it's just, when you have that community of people around you that are, you know, connecting with you and that you have that movement, the, the work, you know, the, the real, you know, the, uh, the difficult work is over. Like you really then need to start testing some products. Mm, awesome. Yeah. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that first and foremost, really like it's, it's about building the community. And if you don't like have the engagement, if you don't have the community, then any like the attempts to sell something are going to be more challenging. Like a, a big part of the work is just coming around building um, an engaged audience and actually delivering value and building the movement around it. But then really it's about when it comes to monetizing it, it's about finding out what do people, what do people want? What are they willing to, to pay for and creating products to serve, to serve those needs? I think the membership idea is, is really awesome in terms there's a lot of platforms like Patreon that you can look at for references or examples of successful musicians making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, like very good income with their Patreons. One thing that, that we found like, especially recently that is really exciting for, for, for me to, to watch is a lot of the artists in our community are starting to offer higher ticket, higher ticket offers to their fans for things like fan ex experiences for like private, private shows or even like private coaching or consulting or things like working directly with their fans, like writing a song together with them. And they're able to make some of these offers at the high end of the market for over a thousand dollars per, per offer. And it is like a pretty cool opportunity, I think, to deliver a lot of value to your fans. And something that I think that most people who are like really big fans of artists, just the idea of being able to connect with them personally and, and have some form of coaching work or working directly with them is, is super valuable. So it might be something worth considering, uh, especially early on when you don't really have a, a major audience yet and you need to start generating some revenue um, before really are able to start scaling up. Yeah, I mean, that, to really just start testing, right? Like products, it's, it's, you, you, you learn by just start testing an idea and concept and start growing from there, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, it, it, product development starts with just an idea, but then it may, you might, you know, end up with a CRM, right? <laughs> or something <laughs> that, you know, but yeah. it, it's all part of that being willing to test stuff and being willing to do that and, and being comfortable with, pricing yourself and putting a price on something. And this is really interesting what you're saying about the high ticket price. Cause I was working with a DJ two years ago before COVID and, you know, we were actually, you know, why don't we, cause everyone is just creating these basic DJ packages and, you know, sell them the, the stage and blah, blah, blah. But why don't we also, you know, we were, we were thinking about, but then COVID hit to, you know, some really high ticket sales, like some really where we have an orchestra and live and, but, you know, price them at really high and no, they're not for everyone. But if we sell two or three in a year, that's enough because it's such a, you know, so you kind of 
start then creating some alternative packages that are also high ticket priced, right? Which, have, you know, people haven't really thought about as much before. Mm, yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I love what you just said about being willing to test and experiment being such a big part of it. What, what comes to mind with that is, yeah, I think the willingness, and I'm sure that you know this better than most working with so many startups, but just like the willingness to talk with your fans directly and to ask them questions, to schedule meetings like over Zoom to just kind of walk through like, hey, here's some of the different things I'm thinking about offering. Like here's some different products. Which of these are most exciting to you? Yeah, I think that that's a really crucial step that kind of can probably needs to come before you even create the product. It's kind of in that initial testing, that testing phase that you're talking about is like really you know, talk, talk to your people one-on-one -on -one like at the beginning and see what are they most excited about? What are they actually willing to willing to buy? What are they, what's, what would be most valuable for them? When you start businesses, you know, if you, if the lean way is that you start with what the minimum that you can do, and then you start testing that. And then you start growing like because you, you're, you're basically creating something that your audience are willing to buy and you're forming it based on that because you're then always testing and then changing it based on that. But it's, it's of course, it's a scary process as well to start testing these products out, you know, for anyone it is. For <laughs> but sure. it, it, it's worth it because if you really want to make a living, you know, you have to have some revenue streams because streaming is not going to pay your bills. <laughs> right. For, for sure. And one thing I love about what you just brought up, and again, it's one of the reasons that I think that the tie-in from like the software development world to the music industry is so valuable because I think that there's like, this is really smart the way that a lot of um, startups are, are thinking nowadays about the minimum viable product and starting with the least amount, getting something out so you can iterate on it. So you can, so you can see like, is this based on a premise that that's like valuable at all? Or is it completely off base? Because it'd be, it's so easy to like spend a ton of time and energy on something that just doesn't really have wings, doesn't have legs, as opposed to starting out rough and raw with something that's, you know, that's not perfect, but you know, it has the basic premise down so you can iterate based on that. It's also one of the reasons I think that there's something really to this idea of offering some of the higher ticket things that are involved around some form of coaching or like or Zoom meetings type of work, I think is really valuable because it lends itself well to that initial stage of testing and adapting. It doesn't take a lot of energy or effort to get on a Zoom call with someone and ask and, and even make an offer, to literally make an offer and say like, yeah. hey, would you be interested in buying this for this? You get such fast feedback yeah. that you can adapt off of compared to even like with merchandise you know you have to kind of take the time to create the designs and then like create the like if you're smart you're probably doing pre-orders as opposed to like just like actually like getting them all like printed out i've made that we made the mistake early on with paradise fears like our, one of our first t-shirts i'm pretty sure no one bought it it was just like sitting in our basement for oh, like years storage. And years. yeah yeah, but there is something, I, I love the idea of like the minimum viable product and starting out with like the smallest version of what you can offer to see if it connects and then adapting based on that. Dropbox is the best example of that, right? Like the, what they present, like they created an animation video of what they were thinking about doing before they hadn't finished creating it. But that animation video, they, they then dropped it on, in some forums to test. And they got 75,000 or something people that signed up for it before they had a product. Now that's a good, you know, way of launching something, you know? <laughs> that's... Wow. That's super smart. Yeah. And, and I love that approach too, to when it comes to musicians deciding maybe like new uh, songs that they want to record professionally or like deciding a new artwork, really incorporating 
their their fans in their community to kind of get their feedback and do it co-creatively with them rather than doing it in a silo and then like finally putting out realizing wow like especially if you have if you have a, like a bigger audience too, like it's almost yeah. like a necessity or else you might completely like just be totally off track. But that co-creation seems like a great way to really plug in with, with your community. Well, hey, uh, Rebecca, it has been a blast talking with you. I always appreciate being able to talk with people like you who really, I think we're, we're in this um, together. You know, like we're very aligned in terms of our, our purpose of being able to help the music industry to, you know, to create to create a real change in an industry that's been, like you mentioned at the beginning, it's been broken in some pretty major ways to really be able to empower individual individual musicians and creators to be able to, you know, do the thing that really brings them to life. So thank you for being a part of the movement and making that transition. And Thank you so um, much for having me. Of course. Yeah. And, and so for anyone here who would like to connect more or see more about some of the different tools or resources that you offer, what would be the best place for them to go to to learn more from you? Yeah, just search. Go to YouTube. It's Rebecca Smart Bakken or Instagram, Rebecca underscore Bakken or TikTok, Rebecca underscore Bakken. I'm everywhere. Send me a DM and, you know, I'll, uh, if you have a question or anything or if you awesome. need some help. Awesome. Great. And, and one thing we'll do, like always, we'll put all the links and everything in the show notes as well so that you can just look there and, and click those for easy access. Yeah, I'll share the Lil Nas X uh, case study. Like, I took me legit three days of my life where I was in his hole. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's going to be a good one. So I'll share it with you. With you. That's great. Yeah, it sounds super valuable. Thank you for putting that together. All right, Rebecca. Well, you're awesome. I appreciate you taking the time and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.